And now, live from Dining Room Studios in Hollywood, California, it's the Allison Rosen is your new best friend show. Tonight, Allison welcomes her guests. She's a comedian who, after having a baby, is really killing these days with her signature bit, Where's Mommy? There's Mommy! It's Jenna Kim Jones! He's a new dad who doesn't know how to get his girl to stop crying. His daughter, on the other hand, he just rocks to sleep. It's Alan Moss. And he's a producer whose birthday is tomorrow. Celebrate, he plans to stay drunk. It's Greg Heller. Chef Jeff is here to toast his chestnuts and stir your wassail. I'm her husband, Daniel, and I don't know if it's the most wonderful time of the year, what with kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you to be of good cheer. All I want is to drink lots of beer. So come warm your cockles and vajockles by the fire, hop on board the love bus, and say hello to your new best friend, Allison Rosen. Hello, my little bacon avocados. It's me, Allison. Welcome to another exciting Thursday show. I would like to say hello to my guests. Hello and welcome back, Greg Heller. Thank you, Allison. Hi. Hello, Jenna. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Alan. Hello. Hi, Daniel. Hi. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Allison. I noticed on the ride over here that... Oh, Greg, did you want to say something? I'm thinking about my mom and being inside of her. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> welcome back. Horrifying. Okay. So many things to talk about. Um, first of all, I did not know the lyric was everyone telling you to be of good cheer. I don't know what I thought it was, but I didn't realize that was well, what it I was added specifically. A, I added a syllable. Which was, it's everyone telling you be of good cheer. Oh. What song is that? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think a, I just didn't know. It's a real what, classic. Yeah. <laughs> telling you. It's like everyone telling you be of... Oh, wait. Everyone telling you be of good cheer yeah, is what I the lyrics are. Oh, yeah. I did know what the lyrics were. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, <laughs> and also, Greg Heller's birthday is tomorrow as we record this. Mm-hmm. When you hear it... Oh, yes, it will pass. It will have been uh, a few days ago, but... Happy birthday, Greg Heller. Thank you, guys. Thank you. (laughs) Tomorrow morning at about quarter to six in the morning, Mm -hmm. my phone will ring, and it will be my mom, and I will pick the phone up, and she will go, they said, you're not having the baby, Mrs. Heller, and I said, like, hell I'm not. (laughs) And 23 hours later, out came the most beautiful boy I have ever seen in my life. That will happen tomorrow morning at quarter to six. (laughs) That is so adorable. It's so adorable. Why does it happen at 5.45 a.m.? That's when I was born. That's when you came out. That's when I was born. Where Mm -hmm. were you born? I'm going to join the show any minute. Okay, now everyone everyone can do his uh, natal chart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was born at the old Cedars. I think I might have told you this, that for years I drove past... Cedars, and I would go, that's where I was born. That's where I was born. I did it one time with my mom, and she was like, you weren't born there. That hospital didn't <laughs> exist when you were a kid. And it like destroyed my image of my childhood. The house is born. full of pot smoke! <laughs> <laughs> so wait, they told her she wasn't having a baby? They told her that she wasn't in labor, yeah. And they told mm-hmm. her to go home and relax. And she told them that she was, in fact, in labor, and then I was born. There you go. Yeah. Hmm. Are you, how do you feel about birthdays? Are you a birthday person? Thinking. Um... I have, I like, I'm sort of ambivalent. I sort of am, I don't really mark time by them. Do you? Uh, 
No, I mean, I think when I was younger, I was pretty excited by birthdays, but now I'm uh, neutral or like, ah, fuck. I would say dread would be the word I would use for you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a fun person. Super fun. Um, I don't care about getting older. That part I don't care about. Um, But I mark time. This is going to, this is like a horribly un-podcasty thing. I mark time up by Yom Kippur. That's like the, that's when I feel like a year has passed for some reason, because I do the same thing every single year and say the same shit or whatever but my birthday mm. like is not super significant to me why do you feel like that's an unpodcasty thing i don't know i don't know how many people can relate or even know what i'm talking about mm. but that's like the jewish new year that evening is the one that like makes me feel like a year has passed okay mm. well happy birthday thank you thank you jenna yes your hair looks beautiful did you get a haircut no really i didn't but i got it um did you change your shoulders Yes, I got a new head. Um, no, uh, I got my hair dyed, and uh, then it's been like extra, like it's had extra body in it. It's been very full. So that you, must be one of those you, birth things. Yeah, I don't know, new but mom things. Yeah, my mom is in town this weekend, and she said the same thing to me when when she showed up. Your hair, it looks so good. What did you do to it? And I was like, I, I just dyed it. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. And uh, Samantha today seems to, her personality has really, bl- she's coming out of her shell. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she really is. She's very awake right now these days. And I mean, she's sleeping right now, mm-hmm. but lately she can, she's definitely like seeing us because her eyes will follow us now, which was a big change. So that like happened in the last few days. So maybe wow. she really has like hit a new stage of development. I think so because we're yeah. supposed to start doing like tummy time with her so she can get a stronger neck and head and she's she's just a lot more alert. A lot more. Yeah. B- babies have l- really lame necks. So lame. Yeah. I know. <laughs> They're so Terrifying. scary. Yeah, but it's also like that seems like such a weird thing. It's like you got a head. You ha- you have a head, but your neck is just like not ready for it's just it. Just jello, right? yeah. yeah. It's just like a noodly. I know. <laughs> yeah. it seems like a bit of a mistake. Right, it's a bad it seems design. like a bad. Yes, it's a <laughs> design flaw. It's a design yeah. flaw in the human body. Although to get out, they definitely need to be uh, more bendy. Oh yeah, that's true. They need yeah. a pliable neck in order. They to really be born. do. Yeah. And I think they have pretty soft skulls too. Right? Yeah, I hate yeah. the idea of that one. It's kind of oh, so creepy. Right, and every time I put a onesie on her, I'm like, am I ruining your brain? I don't know. <laughs> it's just—is it just hanging out? I don't know. You could put a, a helmet on that's like in the shape of something, and then it'll her head will grow into that shape, like, like a, a mold. like a state, like, like the shape of yeah, a human head. <laughs> oh, like they used to have these uh, cake pans at R- Ralph's that were the shape of a football stadium, so you can make football <laughs> yeah. cakes. Yeah, you could do that. Oh, I yeah, thought you were going to say we, you could put a bunt cake on her head. So well, that was my first thought. That's yeah. where, that's, <laughs> where you could have, you know, they have those pumpkins now, and they'll grow the pumpkins into the shape of like a face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you could put that face on the back of the head, and then oh they'll gosh. have like. There'll a be face two-faced. on the back of yeah. the skull. Why didn't you guys think of this before she was born? But I don't think I, I don't think the head I don't think that happens. I think just the skull <laughs> hardens over the hole. Right? The, or does the it, bones set? Yeah, the bones aren't set and so that's why they look Ooh. all But I guess your head. Yeah. You would have to do you would have to commit to that head sculpting thing for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's something that yeah. Daniel's willing to do with yeah, not his, his baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do it. 
Yeah. Okay, we it's won't. You're idea. right. We won't. We'll, we'll, we'll screw her. We'll screw up her life in a number of other ways. <laughs> That's true. To. You can be more some, creative. Right. Add. Do something more internal. Yeah. <laughs> no one heard aware of the damage. Exactly. Right. Right. So let's talk about the thing that everyone is wondering about: the avocados on Jenna and Al's tree. Four yeah. avocados. Uh, you guys brought us some avocados last week, Yummy. and they were delicious. Mm-hmm. And Greg Good. was sick, and I texted him, and I let him know. That he didn't, he wasn't here for the avocados, but, and he was pretty bummed. He was bummed. Um, he was bummed. But you <laughs> brought him some today. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then he's there's happy been about that. quite a debate. This might be a little exaggeration. There's been a few tweets about what kind <laughs> of avocados they are because they're not Haas. They're not Haas. No. They're not Haas. But they're still good. And um, Greg and I had talked about it. You asked me about the shape of the pit. The That's stone. correct. What does one call the pit? Okay, the pit. I couldn't remember if it was oblong or round, uh, but then I looked again, and then I read that article that you linked to, and I weighed in, and I'm like, I think they might be um, bacon or something else. Trevino? Trevino. Zapata? What? <laughs> I'm making it was like Zapato or Zapata something or like something. That. Yeah. I don't... But those all seem really close to bacon avocados. They basically seem like they're almost the same. Well, you looked in the bag today and declared them bacon. Yes, just from looking at that. But there's also probably things that are similar to that that I just don't know what they are. I find that impossible to believe. Um, <laughs> Doesn't the avocado uh, union have to pass new new varieties, varietals? Through by me? You? No. Yeah. Um, Al, what do you think? My, the only thing that threw me off is the, the actual avocado, the inside, like the flesh, is like really light. Like it almost looked like uh, it's not as green, and it has it was like yellowish. like uh, water in it. There it doesn't really have a lot, a lot of, of that. I feel like there's a bit of milk. Oh, <laughs> did you see some? Okay. I saw a little bit of milk in there. Oh, okay, we, we to be honest, we only ate like three of them, and we gave the other twenty away. Right, uh, and these were picked not an hour ago. Ooh, these are fresh. <laughs> Al went an- out, climbed the ladder, and picked oh. you some and I got avocados. The ones on the top, they've been like. They're ready Chilling to go. Yeah. Four avocados. Are, Those are high altitude avocados. <laughs> These are going to be eaten this week. It's very exciting. Opening the bag. Top of the food chain avocados. You have to. That's right. And you have to do. You know. You have to assure that they ripen in stages. Mm-hmm. Which means like you put one in your fridge. Oh right. You put one in a paper bag and you keep one just sitting on your counter so they'll ripen in different stages. Oh wow. I didn't yeah. know that. This is good to know. I just yeah. like suddenly have to eat four avocados in one four day. Four avocados! <laughs> <laughs> so when you do the counter fridge up your butt or wherever the other one goes, what, what... Just to be clear, you don't put one in the fridge until it's just about ready to eat. Okay. And then you keep one open on the counter and one in a bag on the counter. And then what's the timing of... The one in the bag on the counter will ripen first. And then, but is it like a day in between or? It kind of depends on when you bag it. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's really hard to say. I really need we need you to get specific here. <laughs> yeah. That's, I can't work with that. But I can go to the farmer's market and buy a week's worth of avocado just by touching them. Wow. That's and knowing like impressive. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I'm pretty much usually right. How does your wife feel about your avocado knowledge and passion? Uh, Ayala is strangely ambivalent about almost everything that I do. <laughs> I, I mean, I think she is happy that she gets fed so much fresh home-cooked food. Mm-hmm. But when I leave town, she just eats these things. It's like a red pepper with like rice and chicken inside of it from Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. And she seems just as happy. 
I don't think she gives like really that much of a shit. <laughs> okay. that, that, that's my estimation. All right. Do you like it that that way though? Like, would it bother you if she shared the same passion? Um, I would. <laughs> Not to dive into this, but no, no, I'm just that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just so many times when she's like, "Do you talk about me on the show?" And I'm like, "Ah." <laughs> uh, um. Uh. Well, this isn't about her. This is about you. There, thank you, Al. There are yes. times when I wish that after I fed her something that's taken me four hours to cook, she would like comment on the the complexity of the flavors and how good it is. And <laughs> there are times, there are times I wish that would happen. Sure. Yeah, sure. I, I wish she, and I also wish she cooked a little bit, a little, even just a tiny bit. She doesn't cook <laughs> at all. No, she doesn't cook anything. Mm-hmm. She doesn't cook. She hasn't made dinner in like four years. After did I tell you about the salmon incident? No. There's been a couple of things that didn't go right and she was discouraged so she didn't. What happened with the salmon? <laughs> <laughs> this one's about you though. Right. It's about still salmon. about you. Yeah. She called yeah. me one day when I was at work and there was a bunch of fresh salmon in the fridge and she was like, "You said you would be home in time to cook the salmon." And I was like, "I know I'm not, so you're going to have to cook it or it's going to go bad." So I told her what to do. I was like, put oil in the pan, heat the pan when it's hot, put the fish in there, don't touch the fish, let it remove from the pan, flip it once, put it in the oven for five minutes and eat it. And then I came home and she was like sitting on the couch and she was like, I feel Covered really- Covered in salmon? She, she, was, she was just like, I feel really, really sick. Oh. And, uh, and what she had done is she had put like two knuckles of, of oil in a pan. Oh, Jesus. Like a- like, like I don't know a, like a, deep a half fry. a cup mm. and she didn't wait for it to get hot and she put the salmon in it so she like poached salmon in lukewarm oh. olive oil oh and then she tried to eat it and she said it was really oily and made her feel really terrible <laughs> and I told her what she did and she was like that's it I'm not cooking anymore it's too hard I'm not gonna do it it's bullshit I don't I don't care and so there that was the salmon incident wow yeah and she hasn't really cooked anything since then <laughs> It's horrible what she did to that fish. Well, <laughs> it's horrible what the fish did to her. Yeah. And the oil. Well, you know, um, when you cook a lot, you don't think cooking is hard. That's you true. Know, like, I don't think, I do stuff all the time and I show her and she's like, that's crazy that you do that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem, it seems really normal. So I try and remember that a lot that for some people cooking is really stressful and for me, it's like one of the most relaxing things I do. Yeah, for some people, it's just a series. And I'm actually not one of these, but um, my mom kind of is. It's just a series of things that you can do right or wrong. Right. And it feels very challenging and like there's a lot at stake. Question for you. Is your kitchen easy to cook in? Because we, so um, <laughs> oh we just bought a table to put in the room next to the kitchen to sort of have like a prep area. Mm-hmm. But there's just no, like you take me out of the refrigerator and then you have to just put it on the stove to try to get it like there's no place there's to no there's no room space. yeah there's no counter space in there so it's i uh, we have decided i hope i don't know if it's true or not but that's one of the reasons we don't cook that much is just because there's no there's no room in there um we have a pretty big kitchen we have a shit stove we have a really bad stove i wish we had a better stove yeah we have a, a kitchen that's easy to do your mirepoix in your prep work is that um, where you dice stuff finally yeah did you do any cooking today daniel maybe <laughs> He's being very cryptic about it. Yeah, this is not something this... to talk about on the show. Oh, yet. oh, 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 oh. That'll make us stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a surprise element. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Next week would be the week that we would normally talk about Christmassy things. However, mm-hmm. I need to turn to the listeners and ask advice, which has been my new thing lately. I'm just using I'm using the listener base to crowdsource answers to questions. I asked about insomnia. You guys were helpful. I asked about something else, and you guys were helpful, but I can't remember what that was at this point. Medazolam. <laughs> but now I want to know, getting from Manhattan to Connecticut, what is the best way to do that? So Go north. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now I know. Um, real, real quick. Oh, I know what the other thing was. I was going to take a real quick uh, detour to say when I was complaining about the green ordeal, which is what I've dubbed what happens to me in the bathroom now that I have started eating a lot of spinach and basically I just want to die at all times. Jeff, you told me that my body would adjust. Comma, eventually. And that was... It's like taking the over in a football game. It's like there's always a chance until the last minute. I could still be right. But Sorry. when you... It's okay. When you said that, it was like the clouds parted and it was like something... like It was like the voice of angels. It was so reassuring. That's what I do. Thank you. No, if that's what you do, I wouldn't be calling you out for it. I feel like it was unusual and special. <laughs> You've I'm changed kidding. your diet pretty drastically. Yeah, I've, well, I've just added a lot of spinach and a little bit of kale, and it is taking me. It's changed everything. Mm. It's, things are actually getting a little bit better, though. I don't know if it's just the power of suggestion via Jeff mm. <laughs> <laughs> or what. It's not as bad lately. I did complain to Daniel less than an hour ago that I felt like I needed to fart for the last like four hours. I live in a dream. <laughs> But overall, I'd say I haven't, it hasn't been as bad. Like the, the, the pain I felt the other day, this, I'm sorry to go so deeply into this. Well, I, it was like, this is, I can't believe how much pain I'm in. It's, and one of the shots I have to give myself for IVF stings quite a bit. Uh, and I'm, but I'm like able to handle it. And I'm like, this is like that stinging times a million like i can't believe i can't believe how much this hurts it's the same feeling i had when i got my eyebrows waxed years ago like wow Mm -hmm. this really hurts more than you think it would Mm -hmm. um that's not what i was gonna say (laughs) but anyway that's that was what i asked the audience about i just remembered does anyone have any advice for how to deal with eating spinach no going to Uh, target yes (laughs) that's what i wanted to know um we talked about how we were a while ago. We talked about that we were going to go to Paris for Christmas. And then after what happened in Paris, we didn't know if we should still go. And everyone was like, yes, you should still go safety wise. But a lot of people reached out to say, P.S. Christmas Paris is not the best place in Europe to be at Christmas. It's just not nearly as special as all these other little towns. Mm-hmm. And that winter in, winter in Paris isn't that great because it gets dark at like four And the whole time we were debating Christmas or spring, so the more everyone talked about it, and to be honest, even though I don't think fear should, I don't think the, I think, I don't think the fear is realistic. Like, I I think that the risk of anything happening is very small. I mean, but it was still bouncing around the back of my head, you know, because I know um, some people whose flights got diverted, and I don't know, we just felt like, let's just go to New York for Christmas, which is what we had considered, um... And go to Paris in the spring. So that is our plan now. So we're going to New York for Christmas. Uh, and Daniel has some relatives in Connecticut. And we're going to spend Christmas Eve there. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, we'll just rent a car. And it'll be like $37 or whatever, you know, to $60 a day or whatever it normally is when you rent a car. 
That was silly of me. As it turns out, it's a million dollars and there are no cars available because everyone has booked up cars over uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas. Um, But I think we can get an SUV for $700 or something insane. So um, I'm wondering, should we take Metro North, which is an option? Or has anyone ever Ubered a long distance on a holiday? And how ridiculously expensive is that? What would you do if you were us? That's what I'm asking the audience, and that's what I'm asking the table in case anyone wants to weigh in. I would take the train. I would, would take the train totally. 100%. Yeah, I have, yeah. A, I have two friends who live in Connecticut and work in Manhattan, and mm-hmm. they take the train every day, so it can't be that hard. I, it's probably just for any re- like snow. Well, I guess they can be stopped for snow, but for the most part, it's probably going to be like most reliable and be on time, and you can leave. Like, and probably fastest. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's easy. Trains in the Northeast yeah. are... Nothing like they are out here. You, yeah. can take, you can take them all over the Northeast completely conveniently. Yeah. For some reason, I have this idea that like going to Grand Central with all of our luggage will be a pain in the ass. But really, it, does, it doesn't have to be that much of a pain in the ass. We don't have to take all the luggage either. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> everything in New York's kind of a pain. Yes. That's like how I... It is. When I, I lived there, it was just sort of this acceptance of like, well, everything's a little bit more difficult Let's hire here. a Sherpa. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and then I think they, they have can... surge pricing on Sherpas. Yeah. Uh, on, yeah, an Uber for Sherpas. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good app. I, oh, that's a good app. That'd be really funny if there were people walking around LA, but they have to be Nepalese. Otherwise, no. no yeah, <laughs> Nepalese with giant backpacks yeah. and bells hanging from it. Are Sherpas Tibetan and Nepalese? Nepal. Just, just Nepalese. If you're Tibetan. a Sherpa who listens, write in, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wouldn't that be amazing if Sherpas were into this show? Oh, God, That'd that be would super, be so it really would be great. I found out today I have a proctologist listener. Whoa. Did you see that tweet, Al, that I retweeted? No. <laughs> Someone wrote in and said, as a proctologist, I do not approve of Al's post-work bathroom duties or something like that. Oh, Hashtag really? hemorrhoids are bad hashtag crap chat hashtag ariymbf i just love and then like i clicked on it, it's like rectal and colon surgeon i love that this official person is weighing wow. in on crap chat there you wow. go so is the issue that uh like i'm holding it all day i, I think is that it's that issue? you're I'm or that i'm guess. taking extra time yeah i think it's that you're just whiling away the time on the toilet but oh. it, I don't know, but is just sitting on the toilet bad? Or is yeah, it it's yeah. bad. Stra- you're okay. not supposed to do that. You don't want to sit a long time and you don't want to like yeah, you're not strain. Oh. I'm not. Yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to strain at stool. That's what it's <laughs> medically called. Crap <laughs> chat. Um, I'm not saying I don't sit on the toilet for like hours and hours and hours. I'm just saying you're not supposed to. My mom used to tell me that all the time. But you sit on the toilet for hours and hours and hours? Not at once, but <laughs> okay. like weekly. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm sort of mystified by people who just take drive-by shits because uh-huh. i mean why it's like yeah. it's, it's such a pleasant part of your day <laughs> you should hang out in there. <laughs> I, I get like shithouse palsy if i sit on there too long like my legs fall asleep and then i think yes. oh i'm not gonna be able to get up that's um, scary yep mm-hmm. yep no that's i don't know I, I think find it to be pleasant there especially in the in the cell phone era oh yeah it's just gotten better and better and better I mean, it's still today. This morning, I was thinking it's so funny. I was thinking about this this morning because I updated the OS on my phone this morning. Mm-hmm. But right when I hit update, I immediately had to back one oh, out. Oh no, <laughs> that but, is the worst. But yesterday, what did I do but purchase Mojo Magazine that was not yet finished? And I looked at it on the ground, and I was like, "Old school." 
And I grabbed it and went straight into the bathroom. And as I was like flipping the pages, I was like, remember this magazines in the bathroom? Yeah. How fucking mm-hmm. amazing that was. You know, probably, I'm going to say 25 minutes or something like that. I have a question for, I know a lot of people here use their cell phones in the bathrooms. Yeah. Doesn't that mean your cell phone's kind of covered in poop? Yeah, probably. No. Well, what? I mean, if you, like, you drop it in the toilet. Well, you wash, your, you wash your hands when you're done going to the bathroom, but you've been handling your phone while you're going to the bathroom. So you but essentially I'm not pooping wash on my phone. <laughs> no, but you yeah, have. Yeah, but it depends which hand. It's near, you know, I think if you're. But my hand isn't. But you wash your hands. I'm not hands. getting you poop wipe on with my your hands. hands. Yeah. So don't wash your hands then. Why do you wash your hands when you leave the bathroom? Just because. <laughs> but so you're washing your hands, but carrying society all society told me to all those germs out of the bathroom on your phone, and then handling that all day. And then I wipe them on your back when I give you a hug when you come in. <laughs> That's what I do. I clean my my cell phone case with rubbing alcohol. I do that probably once a week. But I'm not really thinking about poop. It's just they get gross. Your hands yeah. just are just as gross. Yeah. But yeah, I think. There's probably a lot of really dis. I mean, isn't that thing that smelling poop means poop is on you, right? Oh, like do you well, mean smelling poop means you're ingesting particles yeah. of it? Like probably. a bathroom is just a bunch of shit molecules that are covering mm-hmm. your phone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, of course you should clean your phone case or whatever. I should clean my phone case. I've never <laughs> ever. ever <laughs> That's what I'm taking from yeah. this conversation. <laughs> I've never cleaned my phone case. <laughs> yeah, I clean it all the time. It touches your mouth. My mouth seems Does okay. It? <laughs> Well, it doesn't... It gets close to it. It gets uh, near yeah. it. Yeah, it yeah. gets near it, and every now and then I bet it touches it accidentally. I don't know. Probably. I, just, I clean that thing. But I, I also fine. do... I mean, you do gross stuff with your cat every day. <laughs> I right? don't. Well, I'm not mm. saying like... I don't. Oh, like, yeah. No, I'm sure that I'm covered know. in Wendy poo. Yeah, yeah. cats and yeah. dogs. Like, they're gross. They're gross. What kind of gross stuff do you do with your cat? <laughs> like, it, I... <laughs> but like... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> um, <laughs> like sometimes I often sleep naked mm-hmm. and the cat is obviously always naked and we sleep together and sometimes I'll like hold the cat and it's naked butt will touch me. <laughs> and that's gross. I mean, it's not, it's cute, but it's gross. Aren't cats super clean though? That's, that's what cats will tell you. Cats, they probably think it's gross to touch us. Mm-hmm. They that's but, like that lie that a dog's mouth is the cl- is cleaner. What is it like? A dog's mouth oh, is yeah. super clean. It's bullshit. It's cleaner than a yeah, human's hand. That. That's bullshit. Yeah. We took a test today at my house to determine if we're cats or dogs. Like you know, my mm-hmm. wife is convinced that everyone is either a cat or a dog. I had a friend who was convinced that everyone was a cat. Yeah, or a and dog. I really want to be a cat, but every time we take the test, I'm a dog. What does that mean? <laughs> You're loyal and yeah, but the main thing is that I. I inherently trust people, mm-hmm. and that's like the most dog thing you can do. Right? Yeah. Like no cat. I believe somebody is good until they like hammer down my throat that they're bad, and cats believe everybody is bad until you prove that they're good. Where would we find this quiz? I wonder if I'm a yeah, cat. Yeah, I want to take it too. It's on BuzzFeed. Okay, it's so it's definitely accurate. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a science great <laughs> journal. Okay, good. Wait, Al, you think you might be a cat? I think I might be a cat. Are you distrustful? Oh, yeah, I, I of don't everyone. Like, I don't trust anybody. I'm standoffish at first. I think I might be a cat. That's very cat. And the other yeah. big difference too is that like dogs you poop in a litter box. Absolutely. He makes me work so hard too to get his love. It's like <laughs> just, absolutely not. I just have to just no. kill myself for it. Like, yeah. where's that? Why is Al on the back of the couch? Yeah. <laughs> Keep to your side, please. <laughs> um, also, dogs love any excuse to go outside. And it's always mm. like the quizzes are like, it's Friday. Would you rather 
Like run around <laughs> on a field or sit at your house and watch Netflix. I'm a cat, I think. <laughs> I don't know what I am. And every time Jenna tries to read the newspaper, Al comes over and just lays on it. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you guys. Do you know how hard it is to buy wine if you don't know that much about wine or even if you do know that much about wine, but you're just not good at choosing things? Super hard. It's super duper hard. Uh, shopping for wine causes more of a headache than drinking wine if you know what i'm saying so many choices there's so much to learn uh it can be so expensive and there's no guarantee you'll even like what you buy um that is why club w is awesome and they will change everything for you uh i joined this new wine club club w they've changed everything it's easy you just go to club and answer six simple questions Probably more simple than the questions in this Are You a Cat or Dog quiz that Greg took. (laughs) Their algorithm creates a palette profile just for you. Then they send wine directly to your door, perfectly customized to match your taste. Club W is leading the grape-to-glass wine revolution. They work directly with vineyards to cut out the middlemen, which saves you money. So with Club W, you get premium wine, customized to your taste, to a third of what you pay at the store. They even have a no-risk 100% guarantee that you'll love what they send you. And right now, Club W is offering my listeners 50% off 50% off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash Allison so stop wasting time and money messing around at retail stores and start drinking wine you know you're going to love just go to clubw.com slash Allison to get 50% off your first order that's clubw.com slash Allison okay negotiant (laughs) (laughs) let's do iTunes comment of the week Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments and don't forget to click five stars. I'm giving myself all the credit by JLLR. I was first introduced to Allison Rosen as your new best friend when I stumbled upon her interview with Mamrie Hart. Mamrie. Mamrie Hart. It looks like Mamrie. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? I like Mamrie. It was such a great interview because it felt casual and relatable, hence the title of the podcast. I continued listening to each episode and quickly became a diehard fan. I especially love the Thursday Gang Chats. They make me laugh so much, and each person brings such a unique view to every topic. I can't get enough of the drops Jeff does. I am giving myself all the credit. (laughs) Throughout the episodes, and Al's reading voice is... Easy on the ears. <laughs> I hope this review was helpful, and you agree. And if you don't, get out of my face and shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for the excellent reading, and thank you so much, JLLR, for the super nice comment. Um, if you would like to leave us a nice comment, go to iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Leave five stars. It's our favorite. Maybe we'll read it. By the way, speaking of nice comments, um, I got a shout-out in the AV Club Podmas podcast superlatives yeah. um yeah congrats yeah. on that congrats it was really nice it was uh i am most likely to moonlight as your therapist and the write-up w- about the show and they gave um they complimented this version the thursday show and they complimented the one-on-one shows uh it was super nice and made me feel super good so thank you so much aaron vogel who wrote it and thank you av club for including us and thank you listeners just for uh Getting in, you know, before the rest of the people did. Mm-hmm. So you're the, the true, the true fans. Um, Greg. Yes. You were very sick. 
I was. That's correct. But you still took the time to send over a wonderful recorded message. Thank you. We all enjoyed. Such a good piano player. Like, yeah, I know. When did you get so <laughs> talented? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I tracked that sometime in the mid-60s at the Blue Note, I believe. <laughs> um, you didn't drink for 10 days. Yeah, I still actually have only had two glasses of wine in the last two weeks, which has been really weird. <laughs> and I, for 10 days, I was totally sober for 10 days. I didn't smoke pot or have any alcohol in my body at all. Because you were just too sick or? I was just, for the first five or six days, I was just too sick. I didn't do wow. anything. I did almost nothing but drink soup and sleep for like three days. What did you have? I had like mega flu cold. I don't know what I had. The only, the weirdest thing about it was that I went to bed on Sunday and I was healthy, and I woke up on Monday and I was incapacitated. Mm -hmm. I was, I never yeah. felt like I was getting sick. You just were. So and then I just couldn't. I could not get better. I did all the stuff you're supposed to do, and I couldn't get any better. Yeah, I was. It's the longest I've been sober, like in many years. In many years. And I have like not really, I'm kind of ambivalent about it, actually. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any sort of an epiphany. I feel the same. What kind of epiphany were you hoping for? I don't know. Well, you always like, I have another friend with a drinking problem. Um, <laughs> and you always imagine like, if you do this, you're going to feel like way better or you're going to feel way more. You do feel better in the morning. Mm -hmm. But the truth is like, <laughs> when you drink a lot, you get used to not feeling great in the morning. So it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Right. Um, but you do get up and go, whoa, I don't, I feel normal. Mm -hmm. um, I also didn't drink coffee for 10 days. Oof. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't do like anything. All I did was like drink vegetable juice and read and write and sleep. However, I had three giant meetings in the middle of it. Oh, wow. All three of which I like loaded up on medication and psyched myself out to leave the house because I was so sick at all three of them. Um, but I, nothing really happened. Did they go well despite the being sick? Because I like when I look back on the times of my life that I was really sick. If I had to do anything during that time, the memory is like there's something like the, I feel like the memory gets corrupted mm -hmm. in a way. Um, one of them went fine. No, two of them went fine. One of them was not great, but I think the one that wasn't great had nothing to do with my being sick. Actually, I think in those you sort of get adrenalized and you function. Mm -hmm. But it was really being sick is shit, mm. and I also had a really gross sick. Like we heard. I, yeah. It's still a like little bit there, actually. <laughs> um, I had a productive cough for a long time, yeah. which is the most disgusting thing ever. <laughs> is that, that him? Is that me? That's not me. Oh, no, no, no. no. Um, but I felt like shit consistently, I would say, for seven days. I felt horribly sick. Oh, miserable. Yeah, it sucked. Um, I talked to my mom on the phone a couple of times. I was telling you this before. And... If you call your mom and tell her that you're sick, what does your mom say if you call her and tell her that you're sick? She just goes, oh. But she doesn't immediately <laughs> say, everybody, oh, everyone has it. Oh, everybody has it right now? Uh, not, not with that kind of authority, but I think she might be like, I, you know, yeah, I think so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so are sick and maybe it's going around. Mm. So I, I don't really have that much to report about from being sick. I watched so much Netflix. Are you watching Jessica Jones? Is anyone watching Jessica Jones? I am. <laughs> Wait, which show is that? That's the one with Kristen Ritter. Oh, I watched the first episode. 
and I couldn't get into it. And I love Kristen Ritter. You do? I don't know yeah, what I it mean, is. Like, love. Is it a superhero? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, I haven't started it. Wait, I need to explore your love of Kristen Ritter from the B in Apartment 23 or like what's your thing that you're into her for? Oh, just for being cute. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I mean, which project? Or does it does it um, transcend that? Oh. And it's just magazine. She's been filing restraining orders against me since <laughs> Veronica Mars. Oh, she was in Veronica Mars. <laughs> she was. She was. Oh, you didn't see it. No. Yeah, she was I in saw, the second season. Okay. I watched the beginning. Perhaps I am to Veronica Mars as you are to Jessica Jones because I watched the first episode of the first season. I did think it was good, but mm-hmm. then I didn't go back to it. Mm-hmm. It might have been because someone over there was not into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm man. sorry, Al. looking at Al. <laughs> she was <laughs> sorry. She was good in uh, Breaking Bad, too. Yes, she was. She was, she was really good. Well, Jessica Jones is getting a lot of uh, press, and a lot of people are talking about how it's good. Mm-hmm. And I've started, we started watching it. Um, it's pretty good. I'll give it all that. Right. It's all right. I'm not as into it as everyone else seems to be. It's, it's all right. Do you just feel like maybe there's too many superhero things out right yes. now? Yes. I kind of feel like there's just too many. Marvel, Who stop it. gives a shit yeah. about superheroes? I, <laughs> you know, that's a part of, there's a part of culture there that I just skipped. Like I never read comic books or cared about superheroes, and I can't, I can't make myself get into it. I'm not regularly a superhero person, um, but the show is compelling enough and dark enough. I mean, it but is. A- it's dark enough that I'm like it. At what point am I going to check out? Like, am I going to pull a Game of Thrones, which is where I go? I can't handle this anymore. It's funny. My <laughs> whole life, I've always had a problem getting into superheroes, like the superpower thing. I, like the only superhero I ever liked was Batman and it's because he didn't have superpowers. And, and, and it's not because I decided that I didn't like superheroes. It's just for some reason, it's the, the idea of a human being who has superpowers is just like, I can't connect to that idea on any level. I just Bat- don't Batman give a shit. Batman has no superpowers? No, he's, he's just super rich. He's, he's like guy. super. He's super determined and has a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, which is like so. For like a couple of years of my life, I was like, you know, if I could just, you know, I had a lot of anger. It's like if I had enough money, I could be like Batman. And then you know, my body stopped developing. <laughs> um, I'm almost more. I'm almost less interested in superheroes now that they've become offensively down to earth. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. like that whole thing now where it's like he's a superhero, but he's normal. It's like who he cares? farts <laughs> and he sits in traffic. Like I, I it's, it's so like put on to me. It's, you know, it's so let's invert the paradigm. Yeah, it's yeah. just like come on, dude. It's you know they're not really. As I've gotten older, speaking of my birthday tomorrow, I found that I'm like increasingly only interested in realism. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the opposite. But I like every time I go to a movie now, I just want real things to happen to normal people. That's yeah, all I. That's all yeah, I want to have happen. I get that. I Do just you- like I. I'm just don't give a shit about unbelievable scenarios anymore. Right. Well, it seems like all the superheroes and sci-fi things with CGI now, everything that everybody does is so the Matrix. It's like one guy fights off a thousand villains. Mm-hmm. And it's just so kind of video game over the top that at some point it just becomes, for me, it becomes completely unrelatable. Like, it, yeah. it's not even dramatic. Yeah. But there are also stories, I mean, superhero stories are adolescent power fantasies. They're just stories for people who are developing and they want to fantasize. I mean, nothing, I mean, I have a lot of friends, I'm not against it either. I just don't connect to it. But I think that to be into most of those stories, for the most part, it's like, well, that if I was, if you're 13, 
you know, you're fantasizing about that. But when you're 40, you've got other things on your mind. You're not worried about whether or not you, what if I had super strength and I could bound over a thing and save a, who cares? You know, but it's like, just to play devil's advocate for a minute, there are so many 40 year olds though who still are into it that I feel like mm-hmm. there must be something. I think it, a lot of it. With. Yeah. And I think, f- and, and look, I, I would, in the comic book world for a while and I and I know a lot of people who are into that and I think a lot of it is just you know they've read those stories their whole lives and they have an, they love them you know they love the characters and so a lot of the comics that Marvel in DC sort of published are kind of like these ongoing soap operas you know and you can just read them and it's this ongoing story I mean so okay it's fine I just I think that for most people who were not into them, yeah, if you weren't into them and you didn't continue to read them at 35, you're not going to, there's nothing in there that would be it for you in a comic book, you know, it's like, or in a superhero comic. Did you read comic books, Al? No, I had some friends in seventh grade who were into it. I remember riding our bikes to a comic book store. And I just kind of felt like, this is not where I want to be. This isn't like, <laughs> I, I don't want to read any of these. I don't want to pick it's them like, up. I do not have the budget for these <laughs> yeah. comic books. And, and I, <laughs> but that said, I love comic books. Yeah, I didn't I get just, it. I, and I still love comic books. I just don't love just don't like superheroes. superheroes. Al had turtles to be saving in the yeah. real world. <laughs> I got bigger and better things to do. I got ramps to build and sunning docks to get out there in a John boat. So oh. you know. John Boats, I've forgotten all about those. <laughs> Check John the boats. turt. <laughs> Al, when you were young, were you ever young? <laughs> no. Because when I think of little Al, I think yeah, of like he had a, a tiny adult. He had a tie in a briefcase. No, yes. he, no yes. he really was never that young. He would like dress up and wear nice clothes when he'd visit his grandparents. Like he like he he wanted to get married and have children at a young age. Like that oh, was a goal of his. Was it on your whiteboard? I was I was always trying to be older and I always had older friends. So I was like in the I'm the middle child in my family. I have two older siblings and two younger. So I like balanced both worlds. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to hang out with older people. Um so yeah, I would do like I was still a kid, but I just I wouldn't do like goofy things. I could be like, boy, this seems really dangerous. I don't think we should be doing this. Or Yeah, he like went to his mom once as a child and was like, I'd like to make money. How do I make money? <laughs> yeah. No, Good you know what Lord. I did is I, 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 I remember falling for in the newspaper where they say like, make $3,000 a week from the comfort of your own home. And I was like, mom, why are we not doing this? You tell me we're poor. That's a lot of money. So, and she's like, well, if you want to write in, go ahead. And so I, I wrote a letter and said, like, please send me. I would like to know more about how I can make Working this. From home. And I was like, I'm going to buy a truck. And I was like 10. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to buy every Nintendo game and everything. This is going to be great. And they sent me the letter, like, and it was about how I could approach businesses and do, like, their <laughs> mail merge for them. <laughs> <laughs> and like how to start my own business. And I remember my parents sitting down like, do you see how they're cheating you and how they taught you how like it sounded really good, but it was really fake. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I'll never trust anybody again. Everything's <gasps> a sham. You became a cat. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think I've always been Wait, like, so you can't make a $3,000? You can, but it's like, it's not like they're not offering you a job. They're just teaching you like, if you did all these things, like if you had a hundred businesses doing this process, you it's would possible. make $4,000 a week. Mm-hmm. But I hope you find those hundred businesses, and I'm mm. like ten. Uh, <laughs> and then another time, I remember we moved to Chicago and we bought a brand new dining room table, and then my parents bought a grand piano. And I remember just like sitting down, like, where where are we getting this money? <laughs> 
Because as far as I know, when you buy a pair of like Swiss rolls, I'm only getting one in my lunch. And oh you're telling God. me we can't afford one. If more. you were my kid, I so would what's give going you up on? for adoption. That would be so stressful. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were good like, well, like your dad's been promoted. We moved to a new city. And actually, we got like a moving bonus. And they just give us cash. And we <laughs> did really well on the move. And so we can buy some of these nice things. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. As long as we got a roof over the head, I'll be all right. I'll be in my room. I can do it in the numbers. Wow. That's so crazy. That is so alien. It's really weird. That's really weird. Yeah, I was a weird kid. Speaking of money, let's talk money. Truth is, sometimes honest, hardworking folks need a little extra, and some banks don't always make it fast or easy. But I'll tell you who does. Avant. Finally, there's a company who gets it. Avant provides access to personal loans from $1,000 to $35,000 without ever stepping foot in a branch. You simply go to avantoffer.com and check your competitive rate. Checking your rate is risk-free with no effect on your FICO score. Complete your application in minutes and the funds could be in your account as soon as tomorrow. See how easy and convenient borrowing is through avantoffer.com. Avant will give you a $50 amazon.com gift card after you make your first payment on time. For this offer and to check your rate risk-free, go to avantoffer.com and enter promo code FRIEND. That's avant, A-V-A-N-T, offer.com, promo code FRIEND. Avantoffer.com, promo code FRIEND. Loans made by WebBank. Funds are generally deposited via ACH for delivery next business day if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. FICO is a registered trademark of Fair Isaac Corporation. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Okay. I always wanted to be older, not in not in the way that you did though, but yeah. I mean I wanted to wear makeup young and I remember I thought teenagers were so cool and a lot of teenagers had braces, so I really wanted braces and I would someone sent in a JMO about this. I would either take a necklace and hold it up to my teeth or I would unfold a paper clip and like put it in my mouth. Talk about dirty <laughs> dirty stuff. Um and then by the time I got braces, I no longer really wanted them. But yeah, just in general, I always wanted to be older. Yeah. What about you guys, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Mm. Not, not particularly. I mean, I, I remember not being thrilled in that junior high school age, which I think is the, the most difficult time for most people where you're not a kid anymore and you're sort of growing up and you're sort of finding your own independence, mm-hmm. but you're still wildly powerless to do anything. Right. I remember wanting to be older just to be out of that phase but i never longed to be a grown-up or anything Mm. like that or teenager right what about you daniel i think i was always yeah i think i was always wanting to be the year older than i was i was never more than a year older i wanted to be the next year that's a good way to put it yeah Yeah, but then when i got to high school i just wanted to get the fuck out of tucson so i just wanted to be an adult (laughs) i just wanted to sorry sorry, tucson but i i wanted to be an adult so i could get out of high i just wanted to be out of high school i fucking hated it just being in high school. What was so, it about high school? Um, I just, I don't know. Like my high school was sort of small and there weren't, there were a few kids that were interesting, but they were mostly just boring. And I knew that if I got to college, I would meet interesting people. I was just dying to be around interesting people mm-hmm. doing interesting things and not just the same old shit. Al, we know you were balancing your family's books at a young yeah. age. What about yeah. you, Jenna? I was the opposite. I didn't like care to grow up. I thought life was pretty great as a young person. So I didn't really like growing up. Um, I felt like it was 
I actually don't really know why. I remember saying to my mom specifically, I don't really want to get older. I think I saw that like being older came with more issues and problems and like responsibilities that I wasn't super excited for. You're the second youngest. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm hmm. And uh, yeah, so I, I really had no desire to grow up and I still don't like getting older. I don't like that. Even now thinking about like, oh, I'm. I mean, I'm not, I still have lots of life age. to live. I'm turning yeah. 30 the next year. And for me, that seems like, what? <laughs> Why? That seems crazy. Like, I, I'm not 30. I, I just was in college a little while ago. And I keep forgetting that, like, 1995 was like, tw- like forever ago, <laughs> feels like. Or, you know, like, that it seems was. crazy to me. Because it seems like I was a kid. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems weird. Yeah. And I don't like it. It makes me a little uncomfortable. 1995? Mm-hmm. What was in 1995 for you? I don't know. I just... She was those were good earth. years, you know? Like, I was 10. <laughs> things were good. Things, you were 10? You were 10 in 1995? Yeah. yeah. Jesus, fuck. Jesus. I was yeah. 65. <laughs> I graduated from college that year. Yeah. Wow. That, the way that you were, Jenna, that's what my mom always wanted for me. Because I think she felt like she missed out on her childhood because she was always trying to be older yeah. or that's what it was expected of her. And she <coughs> saw that in me and she always she always wished that I could just appreciate the age I was. Yeah. I don't know why I couldn't. I think because it wasn't a genuine... It wasn't a genuine wanting to be older. Although, when I got my license at 16, I got my driver's license on my birthday when I turned 16. And I remember that was, I was like, sweet freedom. Now I never have to depend (laughs) on anyone to drive me to Sam Goody to buy cassettes, which was my main thing. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it was just that I got a lot of validation from older people wanting to hang out with me and telling me how mature I was. Um, which actually, it's only now that I'm on the other side of that that I realize that I was really precocious in a lot of ways, uh, career-wise, et cetera. But I was also really socially a late bloomer, and I think those are related. I think because I was so focused on being advanced and and all that, it's like I didn't do, I didn't go through the rites of passage that were appropriate for each age, mm-hmm. and then I'm like catching up on the other side now. I don't know. And now mm. I feel like I'm kind of behind where I should be. Yeah. I Thank know. you. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking about it. I think that's right. I don't know if you're catching up now, but, <laughs> but the part did I where say he, that I was, I probably did. did just yeah, say I didn't. I'm yeah, trying. I We're trying to have a baby. Mm, that's not the same. Well, it's, it's yeah, interesting it that you, you say like you get validation by people saying like, oh, you're so mature. I, I found that I would notice that adults would change the way they would speak. Or like when I was around other adults mm-hmm. and I didn't like that because I felt like like what I, I can t- I can handle the conversation like I'm not saying anything right and I can I, be present and you can still say the same thing like, yeah. I, I want to add though for me kids my age where and when I grew up in the community that I was in were into shit they were into like it, it's it's not like that um, that dream of suburban childhood it was like kids were smoking pot very young and cigarettes and drinking and and doing all like doing lots of drugs and fucking around like it was it was scary to hang out with a lot of the kids. I remember in like sixth grade or seventh grade, a kid dropped acid and cut himself in the bathroom, and like there was just all sorts of crazy shit happening. And for me, it was a little bit of just I want this is you know. Were you out straight edge? You think I would know this about you? Straight edge, M- meaning you don't do, don't drink, don't do drugs, don't do any of that. 
in sixth grade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you X's I mean, on your I hands. Drank, I would drink beer in high school okay, occasionally, no, but pot never had an allure for me because my folks smoked. It was just like, uh, I, uh, not, you know, in college, I don't know. I, w- I didn't think of myself that way. I wasn't straight edge by any kind of like, yeah, I wasn't uptight. But <laughs> shit. He wasn't a prude. Hey, sh- shit. Yeah, yeah dog. Some fucking, Fuck. Some, some fucking squares yeah, on Dicks. <laughs> fucking drink. I fucking drink beers and shit. <laughs> shit. Smoke cigarettes. Party with those guys. What were what? you? What was. In terms uh, of wanting to be older or happy with what you were? I was happy with what I was. If anything, I probably didn't want to get older. Um, I had a pretty good childhood. I was pretty happy. I, I mean, I had a lot of uh, existential problems when I was really young, but I don't, I've been talking about this a lot with people. Somebody who I was working with last week asked me the other day, they were like, did you always feel this good about yourself? (laughs) And I was sort of like, you're a dick. Such a backhanded (laughs) compliment. Such a dick. He's a little intense. Yeah. Have you always felt this good about yourself? (laughs) Somebody somebody said that to me a couple of weeks ago too. I told you that and I almost was just like... Put the person through a wall. I didn't. It's pretty intense. intense. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, we. Figured, <laughs> Greg and I figured it out on the yeah, phone. You, you proved him wrong. Yeah. Fits. But part of the reason, part of the reason it sucks so much if someone calls you intense is because you want to react. Re- yeah. The only response yeah. you can have is it's intense. Well, it's yeah. like when someone says, uh, "Yeah, don't don't be so angry," and you just go. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a weird thing, actually working so much in comedy here in the last decade because there's a lot of things that comedians went through that I didn't go through. Like I wasn't, so many of them there, and they also, there's this assumption, it's not just among comics, that like if you felt socially isolated in as a kid or in junior high and high school that you can only relate to people who felt the same way. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I don't say this boastfully, I was popular. I had girlfriends. I did a lot of like normal high school shit. We and prom court. What? Were you on prom court? Hell no. No, I would have had nothing to do with that. I was the other popular. You know, not the, cool, the, like, the cool, like, yeah. like actually cool. Yeah. But at my high school, if you played football, you were like a loser. Really? Oh, oh wow. yeah. That's so was cool. Like, well, you went to Laguna. I went to Laguna Beach yeah, High School. No, you literally were a loser. Yeah. <laughs> they, were the, they were the artists. and they We were the artists and we didn't, we barely won any games. <laughs> that was their mascot, the artists. I went to boarding school for two years. Fair enough. But I mostly went to school in Laguna. Um, but, uh, I felt super alone, like incredibly isolated, like more, probably more alone than people who played Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Because mm-hmm, you didn't have but, a community. But I just... People who play Dungeons and Dragons aren't alone. Whatever. That's a bad example. <laughs> I listened to a bunch of Weezer yesterday. But um, my point is that like, there's that bullshit assumption that's like, you got laid. You don't know what it's like. I totally felt super isolated and incredibly alone. Mm-hmm. I just had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you feel like you weren't your authentic self with your friends? I just felt like I was two people. Like I had a social person and uh, and like a person who lived inside of their own mind. Mm-hmm. I kind of still feel that way, actually. Oh, that was going to be my next question. Yeah, yeah, I still feel that way. Have you, have you, have the two sides integrated more as you've gotten older or that's just, there's just the social you and then well, there's the I, I mean, I have people you. that I'm friends with that I think I'm pretty honest around, but I would honest, maybe a little bit as I've gotten older. I've, I've gotten weirder as mm-hmm. I've gotten older, for sure. And I think that's because whatever dividing line there was between those two things is thinner. Mm-hmm. I've also done like t- 
22 years of therapy or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that is getting rid of that. Are there any more just me or everyone? (laughs) (laughs) That was interesting. Uh, okay, one more question yeah, about that, uh, and then I want to talk to you guys about um, Framebridge. But here's my question. You have female therapists, right? Do I right now? I feel or do like I you're... exclusively? Almost exclusively they've been female, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I... I think because the woman that you talked about, your lobster dreams, I we it talked was a woman. About it. I think yes. we did it, yeah. We talked about what, his female uh, therapist? The, yeah, the did sexual we talk about the? We didn't talk about the fact that we didn't mm-hmm. talk about what I'm about to say, though, did we? I'll say it, and then if we have already talked yes, about it, yes, we have. Tell. Yes, we have. <laughs> I know. Uh, what I was going to say that that's, I want to know how that works for you because I have always made sure. Well, I don't know if I've like taken pains to make sure that my therapists are the same sex as me. However, I've never had a male therapist, and I've always suspected that if I were to have one, that would be bad because I would probably invariably like get a crush on this guy or like weird, weird stuff like it would get polluted in my head transference yes. you mean like logistically how did i assure that they were women no i'm just saying does that bring up any issues for you does that work well for you do you ever wish you had a guy i never wish i had a guy never i was also raised exclusively by women with almost no male influence in my life but isn't that an argument all. to have a male therapist and i did have a male therapist for three years but there's too many times when I felt like he was validating my behavior. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like in sort of like, that's cool, bro. That's the way shit goes down. <laughs> so like psychologically. And, and I didn't the cool ever want that to happen. I always wanted the person to like look at me and nod their head a bunch and silently let me know yeah. that I was full of shit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like that's what I always want, you want. This is not a good radio gag, but I always wanted the person who was like, okay. And how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. But and you're like, oh, like such an asshole. Um, that's what I wanted. But and I instead, felt like, he was just like, "Yeah, bitches be nagging." <laughs> but can I, <laughs> what you gonna do? Can I? I'll tell you one story about him because he may or may not be dead, but he definitely mm-hmm. is not listening to this show. I was. Let's change that. What? Because he has lousy <laughs> taste in podcasts. Let's change what the rest of that sentence. Um, but right towards the end of my relationship with one girl, I went to Portugal for a while, and I got back together with my old girlfriend. Uh huh not really got back together with her. I just spent a month with her. And then I came back and I sort of was still dating that girl. And I remember talking about it with my therapist and being like, should I tell her? And he was like, what's the point in telling her? He was like, you're just going to hurt her feelings. And all she's going to think about is her boyfriend being naked and intimate with another woman. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. But he was totally wrong. You think you should have told her? Of course you should have told her. Of course you should have been like, I... I don't have the guts to break up with you because I'm so self-important that I think it's going to destroy your life, which is a dog shit thing that egotistical guys do. But I should have said I was with this other girl because I don't love you enough to be honest. But I don't know that every male therapist would give that advice. I don't know if, but I'm just telling you that was the moment where I was, I remember leaving there and being like, I just paid a dude like 150 bucks to tell me what like my friend Tom would have said. Yeah, it sounds like hmm. he was helping you to maintain the status quo when you were there to try to grow. That is correct. It's too much rhyming That's happened. I I had female <laughs> <laughs> I had a female therapist and I just felt like I've had a lot of women in my life, my mom and just friends who've been sort of confidants or in that role in my life and I just I liked the idea of having a male perspective on things and for me because my dad was never that I mean he was a little bit but I kind of 
I, I liked that. I liked having the, um, yeah, a non-female point of view. I've had both, and mm. I think for me it had no bearing on their gender. It had just had to do with who they were because I had women ones that I thought were great, and then ones that I thought were just had no idea what I was talking about. And then the same with men. There were I had a male therapists where they got it because they were guys, so they kind of understood the perspective. And then there were other ones that just they didn't know what was going mm. on. Can can Mormons go to therapy? Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. they can. Yeah, we and just have in never fact, done most it. probably should. <laughs> <laughs> There are some that, well, and that's the, uh, not to get religious, but that's a struggle with some of the religion is that they almost think like, well, I should be able to faith my way out of this. And in reality, it's like, no, no, you should be able to talk to somebody about it and work through this because it's not all faith-based. It's got to be some of your own effort. But we, I've never been. Yeah, neither one of us um, have tried it. Well, I guess the question isn't can you, but is it something that is valued in the community? Yeah, because I know that like a lot of Catholics will go to the priest, or you I know, would, they'll go within the church for that stuff. Yeah, I would say at the beginning, um, it, it was probably looked down upon, almost like, "Oh, you're failing." I think that's changing now to mm-hmm. say, like, "No, you're just doing your part to try to make." Because like you, you face depression and you say, "Like, well, you don't have enough faith, or read more. You should pray more. That'll that'll yeah, do." Right. It. It's like, no, yeah, but this is clinical. Like, you you need help, and it's mm-hmm. no different than a cold or whatever. It's, and that's a poor example, but you know, like you need to address it in different ways in addition to your faith if that's what you feel. I, so, I talk about this with my wife, who's a therapist or a psychologist, and you forget like where you live. The stigma of psychology is still real. In a lot of places, regardless yes. of what your faith right. is, yes. like, there's yeah. still a real stigma. Yeah, it's really it's it. a new phenomenon. It's right. a new profession, and it's a it's a very new understanding. Like in our lifetimes, the acceptability of even talking publicly about going to a therapist has changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm very open about it now. But I remember when I first started, I wasn't, I didn't, because I went to to a therapist when I was in college. Um, well, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I didn't want to tell people. I went when I was like 13. Um, and I thought it was totally normal, <clears throat> but like my stepfather, who's from Omaha, I cannot, sh- eh, shit, I started saying it. I guess you could always delete things afterwards, but yeah. No, we can't. I, I cannot <laughs> tell you the depths of drug addiction my sister had to get to before he stopped saying, she just needs to stop doing the drugs. Yeah. And, and you would just be like, well, you know, it's getting pretty bad there, and uh, she, we should probably do something. You'd be like, you know, she just she just stopped doing the drugs. She wouldn't be addicted anymore. <laughs> Technically correct, but yeah, the methodology is like, a little... literally was like, it, I don't, I'm not going to say, it, it got severe before we were like, we got to do something, and I know, you know, so that's everywhere. Right. And that's, that's not... Yeah. I, think, I just think part of it is that most people don't know what the value of it is. They just think, you know, there's a thought, well, I'm going to go in there and talk about my feelings and they're going to tell me, you know, well, how's that help me? So I think there's a a lack of just understanding of what what it is. And it seems kind of self-indulgent. And I think people, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are like, why? I don't want to sit there feeling sorry for myself and oh my mom screwed me up. Yeah, I get it, you know. And That's definitely a thing at the very beginning of therapy that I mm-hmm. went through, and I think a lot of people do, is that feeling of there's something off about me paying someone to listen to me talk about mm-hmm. minutia from my life. Or like, like that. It's funny, I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feeling at the beginning of like, maybe, you know, maybe the problem is I'm too focused, like I need to, I'm too focused on myself. And maybe just focusing outward would get me past these things, but that doesn't really, it's, 
does, that doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, and maybe this is a dumb question, but do you feel like it does help you? Yeah, I help me big time. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I should say I'm not currently in therapy. Okay. Um, but when I go to New York, I'm going to see my New York therapist, who is always my favorite. Uh, occasionally, I'll talk to her on the phone if something's really getting to me. And I would like to be in therapy. I just haven't found someone out here mm-hmm. that I um, feel like it, I like works for me. Um, but yes, I feel like I feel like I'm a different person after really? going through it. Yeah. I mean, the, cool. I saw the world so differently before I went into therapy and in a way that didn't help me. Like I had all these beliefs about the world and the way Mm -hmm. people should relate to each other that were making things difficult. And I mean, it took a lot of time to change, but I do feel like so much of my, the way I relate to people, the way I look at the world, the things I believe, the things I believe about relationships are an outgrowth of therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, um, I, th- I think I started when I was like 37 and before that I was super arrogant about my how how I felt like I've got myself pretty figured out and I knew how the world worked and why would I go to therapy I you know and it was I, I would have depression but I thought that I could just push through it and um, I think that what therapy did was it shows you how many of the things that you think are true are based on things that beliefs that were formed when you were a child and you were too young to know how the world works. And so things you think are really, really fucking true are actually not true at all. Mm-hmm. And your, your whole perspective is warped. And, and so therapy helped me understand how my belief system was set up and what I believed and how it was wrong. And then um, I also understood kind of that I, I actually do suffer from low level depression and I didn't know any of that. And that, and then I started to understand what that was. Mm-hmm. So it's like all these things. That's great. So now it's like, it's helped me be better in a relationship because now I mm. go when I'm feeling or even my <laughs> friendships. Um, uh, maybe not. I, um, I feel like I'm very confused. <laughs> That's fucking true. Um, it's funny. Whenever he plays a drop of me, I always agree with it. <laughs> I feel like you're wrong. Yeah. Um, but like you, you, you feel like somebody is, you know, done something to you and you feel like you understand why, but you don't really know, but you, you just feel, you know, mm-hmm. that's usually because of your belief system. And so you, if you know what that is, then you can start to realize that maybe people, you know, maybe people are, do like you or they do. Do you, you. I mean, do you have an example of the kind of faulty belief about yourself or the world that you're talking about? Well, like for if somebody believed that they were, it's funny, I just talked about this on another podcast. Um, it, it, if, um, if you feel that somebody does something, like let's say, I'm just going to use a real basic example. Like if you, you text somebody and they don't text you back and a couple hours go by and you're like, what the fuck? That person fucking hates me, you know, and, and if you feel that really intensely, like you're sure that they're mad at you, um, but you don't really know why they didn't text you back. They could be in a meeting or they or email you back. They could there could be a million things on their plate They're you know, or maybe they don't like you, you know, but you don't know. And I would always just assume that the person doesn't like me or, you know, or just you just interpreting people's behavior in that negative way. And it's because I believed that. Uh, you know, or it, or let's say you believe that you're a bad person, or you believe whatever, and so you're you're constantly interpreting things that way. If you give people, then if you go to the person, and you say, "Hey, you know, what? I think 
I think you didn't email me back and it makes me feel and they go oh and then you find out it wasn't the thing and you realize that you're wrong well I believe that Framebridge is where you should go for all of your custom framing <laughs> needs we've talked before about uh, how expensive custom framing can be this awesome collage that superfan Megan made I took it to get it framed and it um, they the, what they quoted me, the price they quoted me at just the regular frame store was $500. And I did it anyway because I said it was an investment in the show. But still, I wish I had known, or I don't, I wish Framebridge was around then because they make custom framing affordable. It's awesome. You can either upload your artwork or photos uh, to, to the site and then they'll, you know, print it out and, and do everything for you. Or if you have something that can't be uploaded, uh, they'll send you whatever you need to ship it to them free. Prices started at just $39, up to 70% less than traditional framing stores. It's super easy to use. You go to framebridge.com. You choose your frame from their curated collection, upload your art, and preview it before you buy. Again, if you can't upload your art, no worries. You can mail it for free. Your framed piece arrives at your home ready to hang. I love Framebridge. I know you will too. It's super easy to use, so much more affordable than traditional frame stores. And right now, framebridge.com has a special holiday offer just for my listeners. 15% off your first order and free shipping when you use my code BESTFRIEND. That's all one word, BESTFRIEND. This is a great deal, but it's only available this week. So to get started, go to framebridge.com, find your favorite frame from their curated collection, upload your art or mail it in for free, preview your art in your custom frame, enter my code BESTFRIEND, all one word, best friend at checkout to get 15% off and free shipping. Receive your beautiful custom framed art that is ready to hang. Don't wait. This offer expires this week. So go to framebridge.com and use my code best friend and save. Okay, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Demian Cordova says, and I hope he appreciates the correct pronunciation of his name that I'm employing. I give myself all the credit. <laughs> it takes more. It takes me more than a month to fix my watch every time the time changes. Yeah, I haven't even. I haven't adjusted the bathroom. The clock. one in the car is the one I always with. Oh, the yeah, because yeah. yeah. you never. It's never readily apparent how to change it's, it yeah it's super complicated like even on the microwave you could sort of put a couple seconds in and go oh okay but on the car it's just it's and a, I'll, you're starting from scratch every time and i'll do it i'll change the time in the car and then i'll hit the thing and then it won't have it will not have changed like there's some button you've mm. uh, it's yeah doesn't arizona not have daylight savings it's time? the best yeah they don't that's fucking crazy yeah yeah, they just said, ah, fuck that. We don't see what the, what's the reason for this. I don't know why. Why do we have daylight savings time? Farming. Farming. Is yeah. that real, though? Is that the real reason? I believe it is. I think so. So you have an extra hour of sunlight to But till. can't they just wake up earlier? Or turn on the headlights on their tractors? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why would I you feel have like an extra it, it hour? I don't seem... think that that's the reason. I think it's energy saving. That's another argument. I think yeah. it's, yeah. It's to be awake during the daylight hours. So that people don't use as much energy. So wait, have we been bamboozled with this farming story? Because that's what I... Farmers can get an hour earlier. My mom grew up on the fruit farm. So that's what I... She always told me. That's what it was for. Fruit farm? My grandpa was a fruit farmer. (gasps) I know. It all makes sense. I know. Come full circle. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh gosh, here it is. It's become such an albatross. We're like slaves to it's this song. It's terrible. Nobody will sing. Nobody. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. It's just happening. some tweets like why why isn't this available online and i explained i do not own this song none korean of us do children's yeah. television owns it right exactly yeah yeah, I've yeah. Told- the korean quincy jones would be like cease and desist in your ass <laughs> put that on iTunes. that's right the person who owns this song and greg's therapist might be listening mm-hmm. he's okay. not listening tim he us. might be dead right? he might be dead it's possible he's dead he wasn't that old wouldn't that be crazy though if it was like dead. it was like before Psy was famous, you know, the Korean pop star, he wrote children's oh. songs. And it like, turns out he wrote the song. I'm just... That would be cool. There's my imagination going that crazy again. great imagination. I know. <laughs> what were you going to say, Al? <laughs> Jenna's never really grown up. <laughs> That's our balance, right? I'm yeah. the grown up. She's, she helps me stay young, vice versa. <laughs> you do have that balance, though. Yeah, we do. We yeah. do. That's nice. <laughs> Maybe one day you can have that. <laughs> I'm hoping I do. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Golding says, just me or everyone, cheerful name when I'm alone and a little something good happens, like when exactly enough detergent for one more load or when I stop the popcorn at a proper microwave finish. Um, I don't do this, but I am fascinated by the fact that he cheers his full name. So is he like, yeah, Tim Golding. <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? He <laughs> cheers know. his full name. But that's cool. That's like in the movie Center Stage, which I was just talking about this morning with my little brother. There's a line after the big performance at the end. The like lead ballet guy comes out and he's congratulating the female ballet dancer and he says, Jody Sawyer, everybody. <laughs> and my little brother and I used to shout that at each other when we were <laughs> successful. <laughs> that person's name. So I get it. Okay. Yeah. Sam Vance says, when I see people on their phones, I like to make up little scenarios and backstories. When I see like mm. two people near each other on Careful their phones. Careful, <laughs> Thank you. I always like to assume that they're talking to each other. And that amuses mm. me. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. Try it. I'm I like try that. that. I know. Yeah. I've never done that. I, I, do, I do what that person is talking about. I also do that when I'm driving. Yeah, I look at people when they're driving and I think about what's going on in their head and what they're saying to themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I sometimes say it out loud when I'm driving. <laughs> you know, I do that all the time. But I also am particularly obsessed with seeing people in their, in their phone when they're in that mode of who should I be texting or calling now? Like this one, when you see people in the airport and they're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the listeners don't know what you're doing, but, right, but you're looking you're, up while the yeah, you're like casually musing while because you just your phone. You have to engage with your phone at that moment. Mm-hmm. So, who is it? Like, oh yeah, I haven't told cousin Steve that I miss him in like two weeks. So, just some bullshit thing to do in the what's the next one? I'm a Do cat. you That's guys not, <laughs> yet? <laughs> Al, I bet you don't because you fly so frequently. <clears throat> But do you guys get nostalgic before a flight? I always have this thought of like, this could be the end. And then I feel like affection for everyone. Like, oh, like this flight's going down. It could. No. We, (laughs) I fear 
that my flight is going to crash every time I get on an airplane. I And I flew probably more la- in the last like three years than I ever have in my life. And I still haven't gotten over it. And there was one time where Al felt the same way. And we were getting on. We were at the airport at the same time, but going in separate directions. Mm. And it was like, what oh. if this was our last meal together? Like, what if this was it? Yes. And Always have both our planes... You know, something terrible happened and one of us died and one of us, it was terrible. Remember that? It was a holiday weekend. Yeah. And they had a police bomb sniffing dog mm-hmm. running in our restaurant like over and over again. And like I heard another businessman talking really loudly on his cell phone like, I've been in like four airports today. It's like nuts. There's like dogs everywhere. Something's going down this weekend. And I'm just Jeez. like, what is going down Dick. this weekend? <laughs> And yeah, it was very I didn't unsettling. hear that part. I was just like, mm, what should we eat before yeah. we leave? Okay. Yeah. I was, anyway. It was- Anytime I'm on a plane and I have that thought about, oh, there's a chance the plane could go down. What I always do is I sit there and I, I think, all right, I am not going to fucking scream. I am not going to fucking right? scream. If this plane blows up, this is all I care about because I'm going to die anyway. I am not going to make a fool out of myself. I'm going to be the cool guy sitting in the seat. And I am not going to scream no matter what. And say yeah. Peter will high five you and go, bro, He'll you go, didn't scream. I've <laughs> go, thought Dude, about you that, come though. to the front of the line. I've thought about that. If the plane is going down, inevitably, like, there's a 99% chance you're dead, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, I want to I be that person, too. Just be calm and cool about Enjoy it. Enjoy your last moment. They, this is it. And they, I have it's like never even thought about When are you ever going to get have, to see that yeah. again? And Anderson Cooper's like, we found the black box. Uh, of the plane crash the pilot was uh calm amazingly and there was one guy screaming like a girl we think it was jeff fox we 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 were able to tell through the black box recorder that was coming from seat a32 and and it was jeff fox screaming for his mommy and that was the ridiculous and then they they interview your neighbors and they're like he was always kind of a wuss like i'm not surprised it was jeff that was screaming or i'd wind up being the only guy that died and they'd say well, listen, you know, he was screaming like a bitch the whole way down. If he'd saved a little breath, he, maybe he would have survived like the rest of us. But he hyperventilated himself to death. I always think about if the plane, like, broke into pieces in the sky. This is really weird, but I really think about how fucking awesome that, like, one second would be before you die. Where you're just suspended in air. Where you're just 30,000 feet up in the air going, whoa. And how cool wow. that would be to just, like, have that view and that. Um, that like moment of freedom in the sky it would be terrifying you take I, your seatbelt off right though so you could really enjoy that freedom <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, like, right. I don't think i don't you know get that into much. crash like, position. wow yeah. I, now i have even more leg room <laughs> if your plane blew up in the air you wouldn't die immediately well depends on how close it you are to the explosion but there might be that one moment where you go oh my god it is so beautiful up here right well one would maybe hope. One i don't know if i could do that yeah i think i fear Part of what I fear of death is not dying. It's the kind of those moments when you realize you're going to die and w- what you might think. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't want to... I don't want to have the thought of, oh, fuck, there's so much more I wanted to do. Like, I don't right. want the cool. regret. It, uh, you would hope that it's like some peace that you come to, you know? I should have taken the train. <laughs> 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 or that it catches you unaware, which is very scary to think about. But I feel like for the person who's got to go... That's the easiest, right. as if you just... It just you well, I think yeah. part of the horror yeah. of 9-11 was just how much you realize, like, this was just a, a normal work day, and you just think, like, oh, you're just going to work, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck, and then, you know. Right. It, uh. Uh, yeah, that's the horror of it to me. I feel all unsettled by this conversation. I do, too. Yes. 
Yeah. All right. Nick Heidenreich says, those who refer to speaking or celebrating their truth, maybe they're happier uh, than me, but the new age jargon makes me roll my eyes. Yeah, uh, I'm that way with a lot of, a lot of jargon. Whenever someone says they need to speak their truth to me, I just, my, my brain goes, you're a fucking just asshole. Shut it down. Fuck yeah. you with your truth. Wait, because it's somebody always, has said that I've to you? I've never heard that. Yes. I've heard that. Yes. And it's I'm, always like, I, it, it's like code for, I'm going to tell you something that is going to hurt your feelings yeah. and I don't give a mm-hmm. shit. It's, it's definitely something that like a real housewife says, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to accept, accept this because yeah. it's because it's, I feel I'm it's real. truth. Because I don't have to pretend to like something or whatever just to, to you know protect your feelings. Right. Or the fact that it's true, whatever that means, that does it that right. that negates the fact that it's rude and or hurtful? The thing that person doesn't understand is I don't give a fuck about your truth. But it also <laughs> so kind you of can seems keep your to, truth to yourself. It seems to undercut everything that they said before that. Right, everything because else you, wasn't the truth. You speak under the assumption <laughs> yeah. of telling the truth, right? I like, thought you were you? telling the truth. So, in other words, like if I thought your shirt was stupid. And I was like, Daniel, your shirt is stupid. Would you be like, He's is, that, is that your truth? Snuggleberry shirt. Whatever. Right but like, <laughs> is, is it, would it any way no, be impacted think, by my pausing before to I say something it, stupid? It's not. It's a, no, I think this is different than, um, to be honest, you know, which is something someone says that does say, wait a minute. So you weren't being honest. To speak my truth is something deeper. Like I'm going like, to bring something tell, to the surface that I didn't. Soul. Yeah, I didn't have to. Sh- I don't have to share this with you. It's, so it's not that you were lying before. It's that I wasn't sharing it before. And there's a passive aggressiveness to it, too, yes. which is that I'm going to say this and you're not allowed to push back. Yeah, because it's my fucking truth. It's you my can't truth. be intense. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm, Get right. out of my face and shut your dirty mouth. <laughs> I heard somebody the other day talk about being othered. Have you ever heard, have you heard this one yet? No. No, I, I, no yeah. but I think I get have the concept. Have you heard concept. it? It's yeah. like it means that like something that you've said makes somebody feel like they do not belong or like they're part of a different class mm-hmm. yeah, welcome to the world um othered oh, that's what, yeah, yeah that's yeah. a new what one. you said it really othered made me feel othered yeah it's other and the notion of someone like, being other and what otherness is and all that was a big deal when i went to college but i don't think i've actually heard it used as a verb yeah, yeah to other someone yeah heard it the other day i gotta yeah. speak my truth you've othered me that's like right. that <laughs> keith hepsworth says can't hear the word hump anymore without thinking of that stupid Black Eyed Peas song, mm. Go to Hell, Fergie. <laughs> I hear yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. Hump. That guy is speaking his truth on that mm. one. Yes. Definitely. Gypsy Bagel Hand says, I am terrified of dropping my keys in the crack between the elevator and the floor of the building. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Now I am. <laughs> Cell phones could easily slip down there so now, too. So much could slip down there. That would be yeah. a really good one to explore if we ever make a TV show, Allison. Okay. What happens? What happens? What are the yeah. logistics of that? If you dropped your keys in there, what happens? Yeah. I know what happens if you drop your keys down the trash chute accidentally, because I did that. When I, one of the <laughs> they just go to the bottom of the trash chute. They do. Uh, Problem you- solved. <laughs> Mystery <laughs> solved. Thank you, Gumshoe. <laughs> right, but there's there's got to be a bottom of the elevator shaft. Yeah. So maybe there's like 500 sets of keys down there. Pick my keys out of a ton of disgusting garbage. I had just moved into the apartment complex and I went to throw out a bag of trash and I had my keys in in my trash oh. hand. And then I saw it go. Oh, boom, no. And I went, oh, no. And I remember saying to someone I lost my keys and... I, w- I wish I could remember the circumstances under which they were like, you didn't just move in, did you? And I'm like, yeah, it's my first day. Gross. It was awful. 
One thing I do with elevators, because I have to ride an elevator every day now, is when you're on a, a top floor, you know, and you, and if you're sort of absent-minded, like you're thinking of something else, you're checking your phone, I'll have that moment right as I'm stepping on the elevator. I was like, oh, I hope the elevator's really here. Like I didn't check for, you know, and you're going to fall into an empty elevator shaft. Oh, wow. Never yeah. had that thought. That's scary. But I'm already That's committed terrifying. to stepping in. Yeah. Do you know that band, Chick, Chick, Chick? You know? Yes. But their name is just spelled three exclamation yeah. points. That's how their drummer died. Get the fuck I didn't know this was a real thing. Yeah, the elevator doors opened and he fucking stepped into an elevator. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. That is how he died. Now I'm even more haunted. I didn't know that I had to check for the elevator vestibule before stepping in. Mm -hmm. This very. It's like I feel like I'm looking at, like, in my brain, I have like a surreal painting, like a Magritte or a Dolly or something of someone just stepping off of a threshold into nothingness. That's why a lot of guys let ladies go first. You think it's because they're being polite? <laughs> nope. It's an elevator checker. Elevators are really... Did you Have you seen the footage and the documentary of the guy who was trapped in the elevator for four days in New York? No. No, and I don't want to. You've never seen that? Four days. He was trapped in an elevator for, I think, four days in alone? New York City. Yeah, alone. It was like and a holiday weekend or yeah, something. Yeah, and there's like a video that. of the entire thing. And then he ended up suing the company for millions of dollars and they made a movie about it. How could they not him? get him? I'm not sure you should, you should watch it. It's really fascinating because you see what he did over the course of all that time, but you can't really see him. I don't think he crapped, maybe, but it's really interesting. Elevators, there's something about them that really make you think about your own psyche. Yeah. There's something that really activates our brains because mm-hmm. I always think about what you would do if you were trapped in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you were trapped in one with other people, think about pooping. Mm-hmm. You have the poop corner, right? <laughs> you just choose a corner. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. No. No. What, no, would you what are you supposed to do? Poop your you pants? Open no, the, you open the top. You open the thing and toss it And you over. poop over the edge. Yeah. yeah. Or you climb through the top. You know? I can't you climb. Get yeah. Well, you're you going to have to on the buttons? boost me. Yeah. You would There's boost me. Like somebody would say, Jenna would say, I, I have to dupe, dump, deuce, whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever you would say, Jenna. Snap a yam. And then we would hoist you up there. You would take care of your business up there. And then we would lower you back down. That would be, that'd be a tough. It's like pooping in the dark, too, is kind of scary. On on the edge of a press. Yeah. I fear also another elevator fear. I fear that one of these days it'll be stuck between floors and they'll open the thing and ask me to crawl through. That is the idea of being sawed in half by an elevator once it gets going when you're halfway through is, I think, Golly, I've never thought of any of these things. Yeah. If if you're on top of an elevator, if you're in an elevator and it fell like 10 floors, would it really work to jump right before it hits at the bottom? No, that wouldn't work. No, I, yeah, I think that was a Mythbusters. We, was it? Yeah, they said it won't work. That's how our, one of the guys died, I think. At our, yeah. <laughs> at our engagement party, we rented like this. Oh, yeah. Remember that? We rented oh. this little, I don't know, what event space and had like a party. a dance hall, but like on the 13th floor, right. 13th floor. There's no 13th floor. And the 13th floor <laughs> of the building, like 13, 13, 13, 13th yes. Street. We rented this place. We invited our friends, a bunch of my coworkers, and a lot of people from church. And it was this yeah. big party. And the elevator. So, what happened exactly? So the elevator gets up. They've got a lot they of people. They packed in it. It, it the, was tons of people. People were, were waiting to go down, and a group was coming up. The doors open for that group to get out, and then it just falls. <gasps> like three floors. Oh, my God. Three, yeah. Like the guests on our floor were freaking out. Like, it opened, and they just fell. I saw them fall. And the eleva- like, the people in the elevator just screamed. Yeah. And it, it fell like four floors. Was it that many? Were yeah. they hurt? And no, no, they were no okay. No one was hurt, thank goodness. But like they came up like... <laughs> they came shaking. to our party like freaked out Not of their they, minds. They, like, they, they did, I know. 
Yeah, no, yeah. the fire department had to come. It was like a whole thing. Wow. And, right. and it was because you had overstuffed the elevator? I think it was. I, yeah, I think they yes. overloaded it. Mm-hmm. And then we were Whoa. like, well, come do some karaoke anyway. It's not <laughs> <laughs> well, like one of my friends, she said it was one of the most terrifying things. So she had one foot out, like was getting out. And then <laughs> a guy in the elevator felt that it was falling and pulled her back in. And then they fell. And she was the most shooken up, yeah, obviously, because nuts. like he like grabbed her to say, her life basically and yeah. then they fell and then they just waited for the fire department to come and i think the fire department did say there were too many people yeah. in this by elevator. the way the lady that was the last one to get on that elevator probably is so embarrassed <laughs> <laughs> it was probably this one that got pulled back <laughs> right in based yeah. on where she was in the elevator <sighs> oh yeah so Masked scary to get on yeah to get off. Oh. this is horrifying yeah i'm never going to fly or Take an elevator again. <laughs> I'm, I'm earthbound. We were walking to Connecticut and also to New York. Okay. Um, James Leroy Wilson says, annoyed when people enter through the exit doors at supermarket and then next time I go, I do the same thing. Um, <laughs> I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not annoyed by it. Why would you be annoyed by that? Use whatever door. I, I get annoyed at Target because Target's very like specific about what doors you can go mm-hmm. in and out of. And if I see someone cheating, I'm like, no, you can't do that. But how how do you exit through the how do you enter through the exit? I think you just they wait till they open. open up. Oh, really? I think on a lot of places they still Target open. Yeah, that's locks what I'm down. trying to figure <laughs> out. That's why I hate Target because they lock it down. Oh, because I'll be like, you know Walmart. what? Screw it. It's on the it's on the different side, and you'll yeah. go, and the doors won't open. But like at the grocery store, they're like, that's the exit, but we'll open it for you. Actually, just today I was exiting Target. Yeah, and I realized I was heading out the same doors that I was coming in, and I. Th- couldn't figure out is this an exit or is it just the entrance but the doors opened up for me but there were people trying to come in in the same thing so maybe they're the ones who set it off it's weird though because this exact thing happened to me today Mm -hmm. and lastly annie chen johnston says i miss old school physical party invitations evites and fb event invites aren't the same Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I miss I those do too. too. I miss I those never too. got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the. I, you know what? You know what was particularly awesome about those things? If you didn't respond, you weren't a dick. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, with paperless posts, if you don't respond, you're you're. My wife Is that says true? that. All, yeah. No, I'm such a dick. My cousin would have some party, and she'd be like, "Did you respond to Kim's party?" And I'd be like, "No, we'll just show up." And she'd be like, "No, no, 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 no. They have to know because they have to have the right amount of." fucking cheese or whatever people have fucking to have cheese. at their parties <laughs> but i in general i don't like rsvping this time. well yeah. i was just gonna ask in my day RSVP. when of paper invitations if it said rsvp that meant it's res- response you play response so very promptly yeah Oh, is that what it is? No. no. But that meant you <laughs> let them know either way. Regrets only meant you only let them know if you can't come. Right. These days, if I see RSVP, I just look at it like if I'm going to go, I let them know. Otherwise, I don't. What do you th- How do you guys? Like there was a party that we were invited to via email. Mm-hmm. Um, today? Today. Mm-hmm. And it was RSVP. And I did not let them know that we weren't going to be there. Why aren't you going? Because uh, I'm cause sitting here this. with you. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Um, should I have? <laughs> I think so. Even if I was like, I think I was just BCC to it. Not BCC, but I mean, it went, it was like the thing where the guy sends it well, to himself. If it's like, an, hmm, 
Depends on the kind of party. Yes, probably I would think have in been that more case, I think in that case, I probably you, should you have. Should. Okay, so I'll just send one saying I hope it was fun. Sorry, I didn't. Like but when I, we had all of you over, well, we wanted the RS, We wanted you to let us know you weren't going to be there. Yes, that was yes. a small. You know, it depends on the size. That and, was a small. Yeah. I feel like this one's bigger though. Now, what did you guys do at that party where you tried to kill all your friends? Was that <laughs> that <laughs> one. <laughs> was so oh my gosh at work on because the party was saturday night at work yeah. on monday it was like all anyone could talk about was how they almost died coming to my <laughs> engagement party were people like look we know this is a mormon party but where's the whiskey seriously <laughs> no i told my friends i was like bring your own booze if you're coming to ours yeah. so hopefully they had their they especially were, after I the elevator they were all right. liquored up anyway they, yeah they pre-gamed yeah <laughs> with with a tiny party like jenna and al's dinner party that's one thing, but my wife, my my wife, <laughs> she, she's obsessed Always with funny. this with the concept of our being or not being there has like a dramatic effect on the amount of food that will be required. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, we have to tell them they're getting dinner. I'm just, and I'm like, there's 90 people invited to the fucking party. Do you think they're going to be at the Safeway or whatever, being like? Well, are we going to get those two extra cupcakes or not? What's up with those asshole hellers? And I just like <laughs> that. I know that's garbage. That's yes. garbage, right? Yes. That's garbage. Yes. I think so. It is. If you're a party planner, you're planning for more than however many you invited anyway, even if people say they're not coming. Yes. yes. Thank you. Validated. You thank are. you, Jenna. Yes. You guys. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps you're throwing a party, click through the banner on my website. Perhaps you're doing your holiday shopping. AllisonRosen.com doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you guys so much for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of the, the website. Get a t-shirt. Uh, Go to my website, alicefrenosen.com. Click on the t-shirt. We have ringtones available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also, touch the tushy, touch, touch you can the get tushy, these tushy, touch, by searching, hey, go fuck yourself or touch the tushy on your iPhone in the iTunes store. If you're not an iTunes person, that is okay. They're also available on gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen. G-U-M-R-O-A-D.com slash Allison Rosen. Also at Gumroad, you can find the song that Greg made for the Al Quiz available for a pay what you want price. We've got bonus episodes available, comedy album section of iTunes. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, subscribe iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. Email us A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me at Colonel Jeff Fox on your social medias. And I also have a present for Greg for his birthday. Bill. My dad once ate my sister's biscuit on her <laughs> period. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Daniel, what about you? At Daniel Quantz, Q-U-A-N-T-Z, for holly jolly tweets. <laughs> <laughs> no, At, I don't know. Alan? At Alan Moss, two A's, two L's, two S's. Jenna? Uh, Jenna Kim Jones on Twitter and Instagram, and uh, check out our podcast, Sorry Not Sorry with Jenna Kim Jones, on iTunes or my website, jennakimjones.com slash podcast. And Greg? At Dong Attack. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Listeners, I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time.